Please listen carefully. And now, live from the Arboretum in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two droids that someone's probably looking for, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. Mikey over here. And today we are continuing our series, Head of the Helm. Toot toot, all aboard. By fan suggestion, they like it when we build stuff. Apparently you guys like it when we build stuff, so we are building a space crew now. I like it just because it's fun to do it. It's a good brain game. You get to go through all your favorite media and pick out, oh, I like that. Let's put a fantasy team together. Yes. So uh, we picked a ship. We've picked someone to fly it, yep. and we picked someone to fix it. We have. And now we need someone to protect it. Protect it. So today we're going to pick our security slash military officers. Yep. Basically based on the security officers from Star Trek, the old red shirts. Yep. Um, we, that came up when we were thinking of positions, and that's usually a default position on Star Trek. Mm-hmm, but these are going to be the head ones, so they're not going to be the red shirts that immediately die. <laughs> they may have people under them that's who are true. red shirts who die quickly. But Yeah, we did learn that. Red shirts is the term for somebody. It's usually the, the joking term for somebody that dies quickly in an episode because mm-hmm. the security officers in the original Star Trek used to die quite mm-hmm. frequently. <laughs> Ensign Johnson, come with <laughs> us. I've never seen that guy on the show before. Uh, He's in a red shirt. Don't worry about him. <laughs> so, uh, Mikey. Yeah. Ooh, who, do I get to start it off this time? Yeah, you get to start it off this time. Who is your first or last or third yes. pick? Last of the top. But my third pick for security officer, going deep, going a little old school in sci-fi. Mm. Old school, new school. Uh, I'm going to pick for head of my security, I'm going to pick Richard Deckard from Blade Runner. Oh. It's a, it's a shout out to you. It's our, it's our man, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Who, who, who doesn't like Harrison Ford? But here's a little twist in mind. People, when they think Blade Runner and Harrison Ford, they think mm-hmm. of the 1985 one. Sure. Uh, Ridley Scott classic, mm-hmm. old neo-noir, mm-hmm. one of the, one of the foundations. I'm actually picking Deckard as he shows up from Blade Runner 2049. Oh. They did a reboot in 2012 yeah. with Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I'm picking it just because it like, you're, I like. You're picking like grumbly Harrison Ford. Yes, exactly. You nailed it. <laughs> I'm picking old cantankerous. Doesn't even bother to wear a, a, a costume for the movie, just shows up in <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt. He's like, all right, kid, I'm going to be here in the movie. What's mm. the future? All right, I'm wearing a t-shirt. Let's go. <laughs> I, I want I want old man Ford hanging around my ship just being like <laughs> replicators not working hologram crapped out on me this morning I slept late uh, that's that's the Harrison Ford I want in charge of my security because like it's interesting Deckard the character is a Blade Runner Blade Runner were the old police force that were in charge of getting mm-hmm. the replicants from mm-hmm. the lore of Blade Runner but he comes it's just so funny they did a really good job. Updating the series, 2049, mm-hmm. I think was a, a, a good second installment in the tr- in the series. Yeah, technically not a reboot, right? Because it's a sequel. Yep. Yeah. yeah, they continue the ideas, uh, whereas the first Blade Runner deals with replicants and humans and mm-hmm. where's the dividing line? You mm-hmm. know, the whole, there's the theory of, is Deckard a replicant? Is he a human? Mm-hmm. There's that whole fan theory. Uh, my answer is, it doesn't matter. Um, but... <laughs> 
he he reprises that character, and then they go a little bit farther with it in forty nine with the concept of okay, replicants are a thing. Can they have babies? Can they replicate themselves? Mm. And so it deals with that aspect. So it continues the humanity but aspect of the what sci-fi. does it mean to be human? Exactly, yeah. having memories, having dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, replicants do that too. Does that make them human or not? Dream of electronic sheep. There you go. Thanks, Philip K. Dick. <laughs> um, but yeah, just grumpy old Harrison Ford. There's really other no reason for him to be my pick other than that. I just want a cranky police officer. He's like, I'm too old. I'm too old for this crap. Let me let me sleep in. That kind of thing. And then I also want to point out that it, I think it's hilarious. The original Blade Runner took place in 2019, and we are currently living in 2019. Woohoo! Doesn't look like Blade Runner at all. I no. want my money back. <laughs> Tokyo kind of does a little. A little bit. It's getting there. And they might have replicas running around Japan for all we know. True. And we do have robot cars now. Wait. And Harrison Ford's still around. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But yeah, Deckard for third. That's me. This greatness. Well, it was such a good one-off movie, and then the sequel didn't really ruin anything. Nope. So that was nice. Yeah. The sequel was done by Dennis Villeneuve, who's also doing the upcoming Dune that's about to come out. Oh, yeah? And for sci-fi to look out for, that's on the top of my list. So keep your eyes peeled for that. This is great. My pick for number three is kind of number three, basically because not technically really security officer (laughs) or really even military, I don't think. But when I was thinking, who do I want to protect a ship? Yes. Someone popped in my head right away, and that is warrant officer Ellen Ripley. Oh, from alien, aliens, yeah. alien, and, and and more aliens. Yep, yep, yep. Alienist, alienist, alienamos. (laughs) <laughs> Alien 3, The Quickening. So in all my research, I really couldn't tell other than that she's a warrant officer. Yep. And she's on the Nostromo. Yep. No one had a job, really. Nope. They were just people on the ship. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of fun it, how it's not over-explained. <laughs> it's just like they're on the ship, and now there's a giant bug monster on the ship, and they have to deal with it. Yeah. That, that, that's a Ridley Scott thing. He's like, all right, we're dropping you into this world. Here it comes. Yeah. So these movies are classics, horror sci-fi, basically, I guess they are. Yep. And I hate horror movies, but when you put that sci-fi element on it, I'm all on board. It's the same kind of tropes and the same kind of thing as, you know, basically the xenomorph is in the first (laughs) one is Jason running around. Killing off people. That makes me want to see a xenomorph with a hockey mask or something. But <laughs> I'm with you. Aliens are ma- aliens make it more interesting. Yeah, it just makes it more interesting. So, I mean, this is an iconic classic character. Why wouldn't you want to have Sigourney Weaver's Ellen Ripley on your ship? Oh, yeah. Just It's one of those when people say, oh, women roles and tough women and mm-hmm. all and you're like dude this is like 1978 9 was when that one they came out mm-hmm. i mean they were doing stuff in the late 70s you got princess leia you've got this character mm-hmm. we need to look back at that time and realize that this is when the rocket got lit oh for sure so i don't know why anyone's angry about anything now <laughs> because that was 40 years ago almost yeah and it's like why aren't you used to these she was a badass. Mm-hmm. Just answered the call. Stuff was going chaotic. Everyone's freaking out. And she's just cool. I'm going to go through, use these improvised weapons. Oh, yep. Do whatever it takes to survive. Yeah, do and, whatever it takes, definitely. Right. She, she perseveres no matter the circumstances. And she's the ultimate survivor. I'm trying to talk about it broadly. I mean, I think everyone should have seen these movies. <laughs> I don't, but still, you know, you don't want to even. 
even if there's a chance someone doesn't, because there's too many like twists and turns to yes. me in yep. the aliens movies yep. that I don't want to break it down. <laughs> but basically, she, she managed to survive most of the movies. Really, and the only Ripley I want is from the first two, really. Yep. Because um, the movies get kind of wonky. <laughs> they only made two. It's fine. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but those those two are great. Yeah. You yeah, got yeah. the. The the two are so consistently good that they almost blend into me together. When, oh, I, when I started thinking about it, yep. I'm like, oh wait, that's the sec- oh that's the first one. <laughs> yep. Oh wait, that's the second one. No, that's the. the it's just so great. The, a lot of people think the Space Marines one is the first one. Yes, but that's not. It isn't. That's the second one. Yep. Game over, man. Uh, game over, man. Yep. And that's so good. How often is a sequel that good? You know, there's oh the, yes, yeah. the classic yep. sequels aren't as good as. The, but this is the sequel's as good, if maybe even I wouldn't say it's better. I think I think Alien. But yeah. I, I'd say they're even. Yep. I would say they're pretty even. I think Aliens and Godfather Two are some of the examples when somebody say, "Oh, the second one is better than the first one." Those are usually the first two that come up. It's true. I don't think it's better though because that first one's so good. <laughs> it is. It's so Fair. good. It has so much of. See, I kind of judge uh, movies sometimes when you see parodies done so much of it mm-hmm. and there's so many parodies that come out of that first alien it's movie true with the the chest burster and you know the classic one is from space balls right yep <laughs> hello my honey hello my baby but <laughs> and he just goes dancing away so anyway Ellen Ripley, I think you could protect any ship, so For you sure. could protect my ship. Yep. But technically, I don't know what, really what your job is other than warrant officer hey. and lieutenant eventually. But hey, I like. I know if a xenomorph gets on the Normandy, yep. it would be safe yep. with you Ellen just, Ripley on there. You just got to make sure you have an exosuit somewhere. In your oh, that was one of the best screw- things ever. Yeah. Man, <laughs> that exos- the exoskeleton loader the he- fight. Yeah, the oh, heavy lifter. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Good stuff. That's an awesome pick, Ripley. I love it. And and a good pick for ship protector. Yeah. Speaking of, well, uh, my next ship protector, my number two pick, is a little on the extreme side. I guess kind of like Ripley because she's placed into extreme circumstances. Mm -hmm. So this is another person placed into extreme circumstances. Uh, But I am picking Judge Dredd. (laughs) What? As played by Carl Urban. (laughs) Oh, not the Sylvester Sil- no, Stallone one. No, not not the it, it, no 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 shade. I love you, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Rob Schneider, and that Judge Dredd movie was a lot of fun. <laughs> Rob Schneider's in that. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. He's a Mr. I in the law. Oh, Mr. I in the law. Oh no. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. Adam Sandler's Judge Dredd. Oh, it's great. But they they did one in 2012 with Carl Urban, and that one is way better. Whereas like. The, the Stallone Judge Dredd is almost like the original Batman movies, and then Nolan did the Dark Knight series. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they did with the new Dredd series. The guy that wrote the new Dredd series wrote uh, 28 Days Later and Sunshine, those old sci-fi movies. Oh, okay. So he's really good at gritty sci-fi. But the basic setup in Judge Dredd is that the judges are the new police force, mm-hmm. and they're not only the police force, they're like police force on steroids because <laughs> in the future everything's dystopian and everything's gone to crap. And there's 800 million people living in one city called Mega City One, which is essentially Metropolis or Gotham or New York, what have you. And they say there's like 17,000 serious crimes that occur daily. So they have to have these police force that are judge, jury, and executioner all in one. Mm -hmm. And that's Carl Urban. And uh, 
he said he wanted to do the he wanted to play the role because it was a challenge because all you see of Judge Dredd is his chin and mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a full face mask, helmet, and full body suit, so he really had he had to act the character with his mouth, and it's basically mm-hmm. a perpetual frown, but he does a really good job. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing that people got upset about with the Stallone one is that He's like, I got to show myself. I'm yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And people are like, no, Judge Dredd never takes his helmet off. He wears a helmet. He's like, no, how will people know it's me? I got to get paid. Yeah. Now, Mega City 1, that implies that there's more Mega Cities, but there aren't, right? Yeah. I, I don't think so. Why wouldn't you just call it Mega City? Mega City 1 implies there's a Mega City 2. Maybe it's the Mega City 1 is the American and Mega City Dose is like the, the Spanish European one. Mega City Dose. And then you've got Mega City. It's like those, uh, you never see second or third national banks that often. Nope, just the first one. Or second Methodist <laughs> church. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just Mega City 1, but Judge Dredd can take care of it all. He's got incendiary rounds. He's got grenade launchers. He's got all kinds of guns and shields and mm-hmm. police force, like comm radios and flashbangs and stun. Like he's got it all. So just to have that much of a military soldier presence in one person on a ship, I think would curtail a lot of the problems that I would have. <laughs> but I, I, it's also the, the, the cheesy Mikey reason is I also want to hang out with Carl Urban because Carl Urban's been in Judge Dredd. He's been in Lord of the Rings. He's been in Thor. He's been in uh, the Riddick series. He's been in Star Trek, the new movies. He was Bones McCoy. I mean, for being, you probably have to go Google him to picture his face because you mm-hmm. may not recognize him from his name, but he's been in every a lot of the nerd series that you know and love. So dude must be rolling in it and having a fun. He seems like an uber nerd and fun to hang out with, even when he's in kill mode, Judge <laughs> Dread mode. And that quick shout out to Lena Headey from Game of Thrones, Cersei. She's the bad guy in, in the new Dread movie. So oh, yeah. go check it out with that in mind because it's where you can almost see the foundations for Cersei developing there because she's like a crazy mad woman that's a, a drug kingpin and slumlord. But yeah, it's awesome. The movie is just a, a large set piece in a giant building and blowing stuff up. So go check it out. I'm going to pick Judge Dredd for my second pick on my ship and go from there. Sweet. Man, those were good comics. Those were great. I yes. remember the disappointment of those. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, I want to call it Adam Sandler's Judge Dredd now because <laughs> it has Rob Schneider. Schneider. Yeah, I know. I am the law. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so, give me your second pick. You have 10 seconds to comply. <laughs> so my second pick is my second pick because I can't pick them. <laughs> and I, and I, I, I mentioned it before, but my second pick is from Firefly Serenity. And it is ah. a great ship protector. The man they call Jane, the hero of Canton, Jane Cobb. The hero of Ken, yeah. Played wonderfully by Adam Baldwin. You guys, in this whole thing, you want me to pick sci-fi stuff, and Star Wars and Firefly <laughs> are going to come up a lot because those are my top two favoritist. Yeah. A couple episodes ago, you were an admitted brown coat, so oh, yeah. living up to the brand. <laughs> Very much so. So sorry, we're going to talk about Firefly some more. <laughs> so Jane Cobb, uh, if you don't know, go watch this series. He's a mercenary hired by Mal, the captain of the Firefly called Serenity, the captain of the Firefly ship named Serenity. There you go. Man, these shows using the same name of the thing that are two different things always <laughs> works with my brain. So he is a true mercenary. He reminds me of, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption online. Oh, yeah, and you say you've been loving it, too. Yeah, it's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> Jane Cobb reminds me of, like, every dude playing that game. <laughs> because, well, because, you know, it's a space western. Yes. 
And then, you know how Rockstar games get out of hand, mm-hmm. just shooting mobs and doing all this crazy stuff? Yep. Jane Cobb is so that kind of, he's the most mercenary mercenary. If I don't know if you remember, but when he got hired, he was originally with his gang robbing Mal. Oh, that's true. In the ship. Yep. And he just offered him more money and a bunk. And he's like, how big's the bunk? And he, and then he just shoots his other gang members and is like, all right. And it's just like, to me, that's Rockstar Games. Yes. All the way, not even the online one, just the regular <laughs> game. That seems like something that would happen in the story mode of a Red Dead. <laughs> it, it is very cowboy. It's very awesome. He just he keeps doing stuff like that. And how can you... He's, the thing is, too, and this is one of the... Uh, the thing that drive you crazy that they didn't let this show keep going and mm-hmm. develop is you could tell they're trying to make him seem really hard and you can't trust him. Gotcha. And he does try and betray the crew, but you can see that they're working on him softening to these people that he's with because gotcha. they're different than he's, you can, he was always, it seems like, and you know, you don't get much backstory when the show doesn't go on that long, but it <laughs> seems like he was, always with these tough, hard-scrabble criminals. Yes. And now he's starting to soften as he's around these other people who are from a different background. Yeah, yeah. Because there's Kaylee gets shot, if you remember, and he's actually when they're doing surgery on her and like he's kind of, everyone's worried and he's trying to show that he's not worried, but you can tell he he is because they specifically show a shot where he's kind of like, oh, (laughs) Is she going to be okay? She'll be okay, Jane. It's going to be all right. But he's also so much funny, so much comic relief. He has that redneck smart, as I like to call it, where he's dumb with book learning and stuff, but the stuff he knows, he knows it. And he knows it expertly. Because he learned it from life. Yeah. (laughs) So it's that that fun redneck smart, which allows him to kind of get the better of uh, Simon the doctor sometimes that because idea. he's not he's a doctor and mm-hmm. he's intelligent and knows his medical stuff but he's naive about the ways of the world that's true yeah yeah and Jane is not so oh. he takes advantage of that <laughs> so that's fun uh, he names his guns as Vera's his favorite gun <laughs> I love naming guns I forgot that's he named his gun that's great he also has an assault rifle named Lux <laughs> just <laughs> we're gonna light things up Lux and there's so much fun stuff with him. The the hat, the very famous hat now that yes. cosplayers wear that you can buy on Etsy. You can you can get one knit for yourself. That he, he loves his mother. His mother sends him a hat and he puts it on. <laughs> and and I, I've always loved the line where he's like, how's it sit? Pretty cunning, don't you think? <laughs> and everyone's looking at him like, oh, he's serious. Yeah. And he loves his mama, and he loves this hat that looks ridiculous on him. And won't hear an unkind word towards either one of them. <laughs> Wash says, the man walks down the street in that hat, and people know he's not afraid of nothing. <laughs> Which is true. And, uh, we know Jane's not afraid of nothing in that hat. Yeah, that's why Jane said, damn straight, after he heard that one. There you go. <laughs> he's just so much fun with that. And then the whole hero of Canton story, yes, where they go to Canton, this little mining town and they found there's a statue to him and everyone's confused. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that he had actually robbed the town yep. of all its money and his ship had gotten shot up and he needed to unload weight. And the first thing he threw out was his partner. Yep. There you go. There's another red dead thing <laughs> happening there. And then he realized he was going to have to get rid of the money crates Yep. because 
he wouldn't get off the planet and he needed to get away. So he started throwing the money crates down and they went on the people. It was raining money it from the sky. Money. And they thought he was doing it <laughs> like Robin Hood, stealing <laughs> from the rich and giving to the poor. But he was just trying to save himself. And I think that's one of the few times you actually see him almost cry in the show as well. Yeah. Like Kaylee's one, but he was talking about losing that money and he's getting really upset. <laughs> yeah. It's a great character, Adam Baldwin, who's not one of the regular Baldwin brothers. Nope, unrelated. Unrelated, does a great job in it. And, man, I wish I could have taken... Uh, sorry, Jane, I love you, <laughs> but I love Kaylee more. There you go. So she's in the engine room. That, that's how the decisions go. Leaves no room for you. Yep. But, hey. No, but that's a good pick, because Jane, li- growing up in a life of criminals, knows what kind of criminals to look out for and mm-hmm. shady situations to be. Like you said, he's got a, a whole, he's learned from the school of life, so excellent pick as a ship's protector, as the ship's security officer, however you want to name it. Yeah. So that means we are now at the tippy top, the, the final picks. The ultimate pick. Head of the helm reporting for duty for Mikey's ship, uh, the Voyager, piloted by Rocket Raccoon and engineered by... Amos Burton from The Expanse. We now have security officer Odo from Deep Space Nine joining the crew. Now, if you're not not familiar with that name, Odo is a character. He was the security officer. That was his official title for Deep Space Nine. He was played by Rene Abergenois. Oh. Love that name. Yeah, I'm probably butchering the last name. I don't know, but you, you still made it sound good. Yeah, so and as as it should, because that is a, a fine gentleman right there. Um, Odo is a changeling. His full name is Odo Etal, actually, which is the Cardassian word for nothing. Um, the reason he has that name is because they didn't know what he was. He was discovered as a goo <laughs> in a lab. It. I love it. And then the scientist was like experimenting on him and trying to get a reaction, and it was so volatile that Odo learned how to take human form so he could fight back against his scientist dad, quote unquote. Um, But that's how he began to assume human form. That was the catalyst. And then that's the shape he chose to take for the rest of his life, I guess would be the word for it. But he is a shapeshifter, which means he can turn into anything. And that's sort of the main perk for why he's my security officer, because One, he's good at his job. He's hired uh, on Deep Space Nine. To give you a brief overview of Deep Space Nine, for those that haven't seen it, it's one of the, it comes after the next generation, Mm -hmm. and it's one of the unusual ones in the Star Trek uh, lineage because it's not one that actually takes place on a moving ship as it goes through the galaxy. It's a Star Trek that's based on a space station Mm -hmm. in front of a wormhole and deals with the war and, like, the surrounding armies of that area. Mm Mm-hmm. So with that said, the way that it starts off is this space station originally belonged to the bad guys of the series called the Cardassians, and it's their prison station. And then it gets overtaken by the Federation and becomes a, a Starfleet stronghold. When Starfleet takes over, they notice Odo and realize that he's done such a good job with all races that have been involved in this station and been impartial and been just upholding justice in the law that they keep him on and make him a member of Starfleet because of that. So he's sort of universal. He has no allegiance to like humans or aliens or any specific races. He just, his main goal is justice and to see that things are right and, you know, correct sort of lawful good is what informs all of his decisions. So that that's the main reason for having him be my security officer. He's a little like, um, he kind of has a, a data type thing going on. Yes. In that. 
created in a lab trying to figure out what it's like to be human. Exactly. That's It falls into the, the misfit as- aspect of my crew that I'm going after is that he, he is a changeling, which means he doesn't know exactly what he is. He actually has no true form other than being goo. There's a couple episodes that are fun because he finds out the race that he comes from called the Founders, mm-hmm. which are other changeling. And they have what's called the Great Link, which is essentially changeling nirvana where everybody gets together. But it's also <laughs> just a giant lake of goo where everybody goes into goo form and combines with other goo and is just a pool of changeling. Oh, what the heck? So that sounds very um, hedonistic. Very much so. <laughs> so that that is one of Odo's failings is that because he's been separated from that, that's almost like being sep- a native being separated from their homeland. He's mm. so, he he almost has like extreme homesickness. Oh yeah, he has that longing for it. So that's sort sort of his crux of being on my crew is that that'll be the struggle is he you know figuring out how to get him back home and how to help him be human and how to come to terms with being a changeling. So, mm-hmm. But he can turn into anything. So as a security officer, he could be a fly on the wall, for real. He could be a fire alarm in a hallway. He could be the planter that's in the meeting for the secret spies. Mm-hmm. He could be the the book that's on the ship that the criminals stole to get away. Like, Did he, he be, do that kind of stuff in the show? They, they did it every once in a while. Yeah. I think narratively they had to restrict him because <laughs> it's a shapeshifter. You could have him do a lot of stuff. You could. But there was the crux is that you like changelings have to learn how to become those things oh, and sort of I had see. a sense of them. Oh yeah. But props to Odo, I he was see. one of the few that like took the time because he was studying to be how to be human so much, he realized he could apply that to all things and became a better shapeshifter because of mm. it. So okay. he's one of the better ones. Not all of them can change into everything, but Odo's up there. At and least he didn't just have to he could only be a form of water. <laughs> Yeah. Remember that? Power of bucket. Wonder Twins. One of them is like, I can be any animal. And the other one's like, I can be anything that water is. (laughs) It's like, water's only three things, dude. (laughs) Him and Aquaman are hanging out. But yeah, that's Odo. He's normally in gel form, so he does have gel power, but he's (laughs) a little bit better than that. He, He can turn into a bird. It's great. Odo, I love you. I invite you to be my security officer and help keep the peace on USS Voyager. So that means it's time for my number one. We have come to it. So my number one is, man, I was thinking of all these security officers and, you know, the Star Trek ones come up most of all Mm -hmm. because there is a title on every show. Security officer. Yep. And, you know, shout out to one. Was it Worf was the security officer Mm -hmm. on The Next Generation? And was there anyone who was the name security officer in the original or was it just always those Ensign Johnson guys who got killed? It wasn't Spock, was it? He wasn't. No, he, he was, was the a, science officer. That's right. He was science. I, I'd have to go back and check. I don't know. I don't, I don't think nothing's, there was. Nothing's coming to the top of yeah, my head. I don't so. think there was. I think it was always just. <laughs> the red shirts, they're going to die. Yeah. So uh, for some reason, this popped into my head, and I don't know why. And at first, I thought there wasn't going to be enough. But then I realized that this character has been so fleshed out to a point that I had no idea. <laughs> that's awesome. So for my security officer, I'm picking... Samus Aran. Oh, yes. Who is the main character in the Metroid series of games? Yeah. Now, this kind of came up in a strange way. I am an admitted, unabashed fan of Brie Larson. There you go. I love Captain Marvel and I love everything she does. And I noticed that she, <laughs> we posted it on our Twitter. Yep. 
a video of her like way before she was ever Captain Marvel. I think it was an interview for. Oh, it was a short term 12. Yeah. Yeah. A short term 12 interview. And she was saying in it, she was explaining how nerdy she was. Oh, she went uber nerd. Yeah. She went uber nerd. And just it was it was great. But I come to find out that on a Halloween, she dressed up as Samus in the zero suit. Yep. Zero suit Samus. Yeah. Looked great. And that made me go, I don't know about that suit. <laughs> so I, I I looked it up and I was like, oh, wow. Samus has this whole story now. Yep. Because here's the deal. I'm old. I was 13 when <laughs> when Metroid hit. Yep. And I love that video game. Oh, I great. played the heck out of Metroid. It's one of the few games on my list of games that Kevin beat. And that oh, was not go. an easy game to beat. Okay. So I played a lot of it. It was also a bonding game between me and my dad because my dad thought it was pretty awesome too. Awesome. And he would play it as well. And we talked about it. That's great. So to me at first, I was like, well, Metroid is just this game. Yeah, it's just a space shooter. The space shooter. And at the end, there was that awesome reveal <laughs> that it's a girl. <laughs> yep. And did you know that the reveal is different depending on how well you did in the game? I didn't how quickly, know that. I think it might have been how quickly you played it. Not just how well, I guess how quickly you played is how well you did. Yeah, you usually, have to beat the boss at the end. You have to beat the brain in a jar Yeah, at the end. So basically, depending on how you get, how quickly you get to the end, mm-hmm. the end scene is different. Oh, okay. And so you have to do, quote unquote, fair for her to even pull her helmet off to see it's a girl. Gotcha. And then if you do better, she takes all her armor off and she's in a, like a leotard. <laughs> and then if you like really do good, yeah. she's in a bikini. So that seems like old school. Yeah. So video it, game nerds being like, you, you got an accomplishment. It's really funny because it's like, what if she's female? Oh yes. And people are like, wow, that's really progressive. Not really. Progressive. Yeah. <laughs> now that's the thing is that I had no idea. I only did fair, apparently. Yes. Because when I saw it in 1987, when I won it, she just took her helmet off. Yeah, that's what I remember. And I was like, as a girl. Yeah, and the thing was, was there was no internet. Nope. So unless you knew a kid who did better than you, (laughs) you didn't know. So as far as I knew, I only knew about the helmet. Obviously, all my friends were just as good slash bad as I was (laughs) at Metroid. And and we only knew about the helmet coming off. That's a, hey, that's good. But uh, apparently there was further ones, and I didn't know about that until I looked it up on the interwebs recently. Yep. So this, that's kind of funny, right? Oh, it's very funny. You didn't funny. know about the leotard or the bikini one either? I didn't know there was multiple endings. I was going to give them props for doing the alien thing where they said, you know, oh, the future has strong females. Good job. Congratulations. And But they lose a couple points for being like, oh, yeah, and if you do well, she's also in a bikini. <laughs> I did know about the Justin Bailey thing. You could put passwords in. Okay. And if you put in Justin Bailey... For some reason, I don't. No one knows why. I think it was it like a developer name kind of thing or something. No one knows why. Okay. No one can figure it out. It was j- Japanese. Oh, true. So, if you put in Justin Bailey, then you'll play as her in the leotard. Ah, weird. So okay. I remember hearing about that, but I didn't know that that was like an ending <laughs> yep. skin or whatever. I got you. We call it a skin nowadays. But did you ever play Metroid? I I played the original, but I, it was I was too young to actually have the patience to sit there and finish oh. it because Metroidvania was a little little advanced for me when I started getting into it. Man, it was so good that the music is iconic. It mm-hmm. just the, and the the it was spooky too. Yep. It was and it was 
hard as a platformer. For those who don't know, it's a side-scrolling platformer, but it also goes up and down. Yep. And because it's on the Nintendo, it has more buttons, so it has more functions yep. than just the regular side-scroller, like a Super Mario or whatever. But I guess it's kind of like that in a way. A little bit, yep. And it has those cool bubble doors. You can shoot them, the bubbles. I just, just remember, I just played so much of that game to, to get there. Oh, yeah, and, and great pixel art and great colors and all that stuff. Yep. So the thing is, Samus, I, I was just like, who do I want to be protect my ship? And I was like, man, this is a great character. That armor is so awesome. Oh, yeah. A handgun, yep. literally. Your ha- arm, whole bottom of your arm's a gun. I love that. I love that whole Mega Man thing going on. Awesome. And then she can turn into like a ball yep. and roll through stuff. Such a great thing. That would have been enough for me. But then I find out there's this whole awesome backstory because she's been in like 30 different games now. What? Okay. Or 20 something. It's yep. crazy. Yep. And then they've done comic books. There's all this media out there and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's. I just, didn't know about the comic books and external media. She's been yeah. super expanded. So that's awesome. Let's 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 learn about. <laughs> so break it down for me. Apparently, the so one of the reasons why they made it female is someone the developers are all over in Japan, mm-hmm. and one of them said, "What if it's a woman?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Huh?" And they're like, "You know, like Ripley or Princess ah. Leia or something like that." So technically, she's a combination of Ripley and Princess Leia. That's awesome. Which is awesome. Yes. And that was all they had at the time. You know, it's a combination of Ripley and Princess Leia, and we'll have her take varying amounts of her armor off at the end to show (laughs) that she's a woman. Now, one of the things is, oh, this is something interesting, too, is that some people were confused because they just took the helmet off, it's hair. Yeah, they just figured it's long-haired dudes. And part of the... Now, I think this is retconning on the Japanese developer's part, but <laughs> part of the thing is that they were saying, and it got mistranslated and confused, is that they had more armor come off to show it was a woman. Gotcha. For real. But why did you have to go all the way to the second, like the bikini? Well, the leotard would have been fine enough, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I guess I guess but, they were just go- removing any vagary from pixels. But, but, like- but to even, but to, it's so funny because even what's messed up with that is that they said the guy said they did it so people wouldn't be confused that it was like a, a transgender person, but stuff got mistranslated funny. Ah. So some people are like, it's a transgender. And they're like, well, he never. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, that is, that so, it's so funny. Lost in translation. Yeah. That is silly. And there was a lot of stuff lost in translation because the thing was, is that in the Japanese booklet, mm-hmm. it, they used the Japanese actually in Japan in Japanese. <laughs> they have a gender-neutral pronoun. Oh, okay. And that's what they used in the book Ah, because they were trying to make it mysterious. Yeah, not give it away. Yeah, when it got translated English, they just translated it to he. Oh. Because they assume. That's crazy. So that's why people are confused is when it showed up as a girl and it goes, but the manual says he. Yeah. And there you go. Weird. Weird, right? Interesting. It is interesting. So here's her backstory. (laughs) She grew up on Earth Colony K2L. And they were visited by the Chozo, which are bird people. Yeah. And they, while they were there, the Chozo were being friendly with them. And then the space pirates came. Dun, dun, dun. And one of the space pirates is this Ridley guy who shows up in the game. He's like yeah, this yeah. dragon looking yep. thing. Yep. And apparently he kills her whole family. Oh. And she's saved by um, one of the Chozo, one of the bird people guy. And taken away to the Chozo homeworld and raised. Okay. And he's known as Old Bird. 
<laughs> these are translations from Japanese. Yep. Uh, and he raises her. She calls her. She calls him grandpa. And then uh, apparently they put some Chozo DNA in her or something or bird what, DNA. Something they awesome genetically enhance her uh, in some way. So they kind of super soldier her a little bit. There you go. So apparently by the time she's a 15, 16, a late teenager, mm-hmm. she's ready to have that armor and join the Federation police. Oh. So there you go. This is where she can be a security officer because she was in the police. There you go. Now, later on, she becomes a bounty hunter, and she's supposedly doing all this stuff in the games as a bounty hunter. Yep. But she was in the police for a while. So She, had, she has those beginnings, so yeah, it's legit. Has, <laughs> the, legit. And then there's just all these adventures she goes on, and there's so there's so many other Metroid games that I didn't even know about. Yeah, because I, I did get into Metroid, but I got into them later with the GameCube series when they started doing Metroid Prime and mm-hmm. Metroid Metroid Bounty Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so you played those? I played the 3D ones more than I did the side-scrolling original ones. Yeah, tell yeah. me about those because I never played those. Oh, it's it making it's making sense of how she's a security officer because you're talking about that turning into the Metroid ball power. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you get around different parts of the ship. Like when they're blocked off, if there's a fire or a hull breach, yeah, she turns into a ball, goes in the vents, and like goes around the situation. Oh, and see how good that would be. Oh, it's versatile, and then you get the heads-up display, so she's got like information and survey stuff ready See, to go. I was yeah. just I was just picking it based on my old <laughs> side scroller and I wanted to do something fun in a video game and I didn't want to pull it from Mass Effect again. There now, but they they did it they did it good in in the newer Metroid series cuz like you get the heads up display, you still have the arm cannon, but it's just it's more versatile. She's almost like I was saying with Judge Dredd, there's just different options for how to handle the mm-hmm. situation and she's she's equipped with most of them. See, that's what's interesting to me is that we all have our little nerd blind spots cuz we don't have a certain thing oh yeah yeah and i didn't have any nintendo stuff after the nes i, I got you i think i think i no no that's not right i had a super nintendo because okay. it was the nes and then the super nintendo right yep. i don't yep. think i had anything after the super nintendo because that's when xbox kind of came and playstation one and yep. playstation xbox and did their thing yep. so yeah i think it's also was an age thing because you know i was 13 mm-hmm. when this came out with the nes and there the super nintendo and i had that yep. and then xbox and playstation hit when i was of the age that those were aimed towards yeah 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 so i kind of left nintendo behind <laughs> so i didn't know what was going on on with these gamecube games and stuff uh, it there was a there's a whole bunch so that's of why games. i didn't know about the zero suit one. Oh yeah because that comes from the prime series yeah. that's right and and the Smash Brothers series, which is awesome. She shows up there too. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually, my boys um, introduced me to some Smash Brothers stuff, and I've played Smash Brothers before. That's awesome. And of course, I picked Samus because I love that freaking game. You don't understand how much I love the original Metroid. All the it, from the ones I've played and hearing what the, from the, about the ones you've played, it's been a consistent series all the way through. Yeah, that that game is to me one of the. I don't know why people don't talk about it enough as much. No, I seriously, I think it's up there with like the Super Mario, the it's an iconic game. I think it should maybe they didn't just put it, they didn't put it in um it, cabinets enough. Maybe. Um I would also it is iconic. I would say the reason that the others get mentioned more is I think it's one of the ones that was hardest out of those iconic originals. Uh, no, those the difficulty yeah, level. I it know. is really hard. So a lot of people I don't know how the heck I finished it and got her helmet off. Uh, Time and persistence like a good nerd. And, and being 13, right? <laughs> yeah. What those, else are you going to do? <laughs> those little buttons make those fingers go. That is, that, that's awesome, though. Same as Ram for, for security officer. I didn't even think that, but that is a perfect fit. So I got the Norma DSR-1. Oh, yeah. Tally Lintra, 
the famed A-Wing pilot from the sequels sitting in front. Yep. In the back, I got Kaylee Fry fixing everything and turning all the valves. <laughs> and then the security officer at the security station, I got Samus Aran. Yes. I have a really good-looking crew. So far. So far. <laughs> <laughs> Means we got to pick out some uglies for your crew. Make sure, make sure aliens don't get you know weirded out. But like, this is a really pretty crew coming to see me. What do they want? <laughs> it's like I, I'm inadvertently building the enemy to Kirk in Star Trek. Oh, there you go. Oh, he'd, yeah, yeah, he'd yeah, always yeah. come across yeah. just this. They're all beautiful women. Yeah, but and, you're, and I am going to fade to black with a leader here. And you're also <laughs> you're, you're also taking a cue from aliens. Aliens said, "Hey, in the future, chicks are going to be badass." And you're saying, "In my future, not only are chicks going to be badass, there's going to be a whole crew of them." <laughs> it's great. I dig it. So we've built our crew. We got security officers. We have a security officer here right now protecting our pizza. Yep, keeping watch over it, <laughs> making sure it stays warm. <laughs> so our pizza is here, which means that we're going to say thank you. Yes, thanks for listening. Go ahead and hit us up on the socials at Assuming Pod. You can find us on the Twitter, the Facebook, and the Instagram. Please go into Podomatic, go to iTunes, go to Spotify, yep. rate this, like it, five stars. It helps us out so much, and we really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. We want to thank some people. We want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing. We want to thank Not Scott Productions for our equipment. We want to thank Jazzar for doing our music, and we want to thank you for listening. Be safe out there. <laughs> <laughs>